This is the Nearside Low Podcast, brought to you by Missouri Water Polo. For all highlights, scores, and updates, please visit www.mowaterpolo.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at Nearside Low, or Instagram at Nearside Low underscore podcast. And we're back. Nearside Low Podcast, number six, seven, or eight. Ray, I've lost track, but everybody, you know me. This is Coach Catelli. This is Ray. <laughs> Referee Ray, as Coach we like to Ralph, call him. whatever you want to call Coach me. Ray, yeah. Whatever you want to call him. Uh, and we are here uh, counting down. Uh, we've, we've had our normal intro. I think in the next couple of weeks, I'll bring back the intense music. Uh, maybe we can have Coach Casey back on to give a district preview because if my calendar is correct, Ray, we have one, two, three weeks left. Am I right? Yeah, we're, it's coming down to the end. It's crazy. It is coming down to the end, which is crazy. So uh, we're here to talk polo. Obviously, we've got a really good guest that's coming on. Um, we got about a 20 or 25-minute interview with him, and we'll talk about him, I guess, at the end maybe before we intro him. But we're going to jump in, as we always do, to our question of the week. And, Ray, without you telling me, I'm going to make a prediction on how many photo submissions we got from last week. And I'm going to go with a big, fat zero. Am I right? Maybe. Maybe. I'd say right. less than we'd like. Less than um, we'd like. All right. Yes. So uh, I know we've got this week, we've got the Lindbergh invite coming up. We've got some other big games. And I know both Coach and I will be at a pool and we'll be seeing people taking pictures. So please submit your photos. And uh, if we see people taking pictures, I'm sure we're going to come up and tell you to submit your photos. Yes. So. As we said last week, uh, you can submit them to uh, Missouri Water Polo, web at mowaterpolo.com. Please submit pictures. We'd like to get new ones up there, and there's definitely people that have good pictures. So please submit those pictures, and we're going to do a poll here in the next couple weeks uh, when we have enough, uh, three weeks. enough good ones. we got yeah. three weeks, folks, so get, right. get, up, get them together. Download. If you got to stay up late, make it happen. Uh, we had a... We had a great grouping last year, and we want to kind of try and make this, as we said, an annual thing, um, which leads us into our question of the week for this week. We were going to kind of try and have the submissions be the question, but we don't have any right now necessarily, so we're going to jump into something different. Ray, hit it. Right. This week is like the last week of the regular season, uh, so a lot of people are going to be doing their senior nights. Um, and as, as a referee, I got to go around and see a lot of different senior nights. Uh, there's a lot of good traditions out there. So we want you to tweet at us, what is your favorite senior night tradition, or what's the best uh, senior night tradition? I'll say, uh, personally, two of my favorites uh, going back, I've always enjoyed seeing Fort Zumwalt West. Uh, they always give out these rubber duckies that are painted for water polo, and they, they make a big big deal of the whole thing. Um, I also really enjoyed uh, going over to Kirkwood, uh, when, uh, especially when Coach Rez was over there. They'd Last have in the past. Up. Yeah, they'd have a big luau, and they'd have all sorts of music, and people dressed up. So um, those were two of my favorites, but um, there's a lot of good traditions out there. So tweet us back at uh, Nearside Low what your favorites are. Yeah, tweet us, send us a photo of it uh, with the, I don't know, what is Twitter up to, 180 characters? I mean, I, they've got enough characters you could write an essay for us, so... So we will gladly retweet and favorite, and uh, you know maybe if we we can get a good list of traditions, we could actually have a poll to see whose tradition is the best. All right? Yeah, I like that. <laughs> 
that could be good. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention, we kind of talked about our question of the week. We'd love for you guys to tweet at us or talk to us on the pool deck, as I mentioned. Um, in one of our earlier podcasts, I had a parent come and talk to me at one point about the podcast, what they liked and, and what they thought we could improve on. So please do not be afraid to, at Nearside Low, give us a question, somebody that you, you'd really like for us to interview, a question about water polo, um, a question about Ray and I's experiences in podcasting or water poloing or refereeing. Um, we'd love to hear from you guys. And we promise if you give us a question that we, we consider appropriate, we will gladly answer it on the air and we will, you know, give you props and, and, uh, yeah, so we love that. So we like interaction and this shouldn't be limited to just parents, kids, you know, coaches. If you have something you want to ask us, referees, please do that. Uh, we'd love to hear from you guys. So that's kind of our question, question of the week. Uh, so we, we hope to get some, some, uh, some movement there, um, which brings us into, as we usually roll into now, we go into uh, water polo in the news. Uh, and I know on STL today, our favorite friend, Greg Uptain, uh, was at the JBS tournament and wrote an article, uh, about the tournament. I think there's some photos online. Am I right? For sure. Uh, and the photographer Rick was also over there, uh, taking pictures of Clayton Burroughs, uh, Parkway South, uh, slap over from the JBS invite. So always, always good to have, uh, their coverage. Um, we also had a few other articles, uh, I saw online this week. Oakpark.com, which is actually, uh, based in Chicago, did a nice little write up on Fenwick at the Dismet Invite, which Mo Waterpolo retweeted, uh, thanks to Steve Adcock, who always does a great job of, uh, maintaining that account. Um, so you can go out and check that out. Um, also, Mo Waterpolo this week also retweeted a nice write up from the Spin Lob, which is a new article that they're going to be putting out, uh, in Ohio. Um, it actually is put out by our uh, guest this week, in fact. So um, Nick Helwig is who we have on this week. Very excited to have him on. Uh, but I would also encourage you guys to check that out. Uh, we'll retweet it at Nearside Low. Uh, but just a nice detailing of what's going on in Ohio and some of the cool things they have going on, um, specifically in Cincinnati, but all over uh, that state. All right, yeah. And I think that kind of concludes water polo in the news. Uh, as far as games from the past week that we wanted to talk about, I know, Ray, you were going to talk a little bit about Slew Ledoux. I was going to touch on the Pattonville invite. You were going to touch a little bit, and I can add some, on the, I think, Lindbergh JV Invitational this this past week. So why don't you jump on? I think that Slew Ledoux game was Tuesday night? Yeah, yeah, it was the beginning of last week. And uh, actually, we had some good uh, movement on the forum about that game as okay. well. Ooh, fast break uh, forum. It's so, back, yeah. baby. Yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> Picked up a little bit of speed this week. A couple of people talked about that Slew Ledoux game. Uh, there were also a couple of people that talked about our, our comments about Slew Stevenson uh, the previous week. Um, and I, I th- I'll just touch a little bit on that. I think uh, some people were saying they weren't surprised by how badly uh, Slew um, was able to get some goals against Stevenson and beat them by a five-goal margin. Um, and I think I think what we were talking about in the previous week was just with how with how close uh, some of the games had been up in Illinois previously. It was just pretty impressive how uh, Slew was able to um, win by five goals there. But uh, yeah, great to see to those. Them. Yeah, great to see great to see uh, comments about that. Um, also, uh, Alan Stiffelman went on to comment on Clayton Water Polo. It's just saying that especially for all these graduating seniors, three more weeks of the high school season, but. Uh, after that, uh, you do not have to be done playing water polo, and we'd love to see a lot of people out this summer at Clayton. Um, I know I, I always get in with Clayton, and this great group of people, always welcome to have uh, more people out. So, so you hear uh, that, folks? Ray can be your teammate. 
A dream dream come true. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So, um, yeah, definitely coming out to Clayton. And uh, before before I go back to Slew Ledoux, uh, this coming week, a week from now, not only will you have the uh, brackets for the district tournament, uh, but we will know who the coaches have selected for the all-conference team. So now is the time, if you want, to go out there and start saying who you think should be on the all-conference teams, who are some of the players that have impressed you. Uh, know that Coach and I have zero control over what's said on the forum, so um, if you disagree with something that's said or you think something, feel free to go out there um, and write it out there. But it's always great just having uh, various commentary right. about uh, what you've seen. Uh, so why don't you touch on that game on Tuesday night? Yeah, sorry, I, I got a... That's all right, a little sidetracked, right? We love you. Yeah. Slew Ledoux on Tuesday, yeah, definitely an impressive game. Slew, I was not there, but I did get to watch video of of the entire game. SLU came away with a 12-5 victory. Important game because it's the first time the number one and number two had matched up this year, uh, but I'm sure they'll get to see probably each other again this week at the Lindbergh uh, invite. But SLU looked very strong, as a number of people commented. Uh, from my perspective, I was very impressed with John McCabe uh, in goal for SLU. He played a very good game. He had a strong dispensed invite. Um, once again, made some very good saves uh, against Ledoux. Slew's big players once again stepped up. Joe Jelinek had five goals, enigmatically with three. As far as the, game, the progress of the game, uh, it, early on it was close, uh, three to two uh, after one. Uh, but slowly, Slew continued to build that lead. And I think they had a strong second quarter. I think they had a 3-0 third quarter. Um, ending with a 12-5 victory. So uh, those teams will match up again, but once again showed... Uh, Slew's looking strong, and I'm sure Ledoux's going to look to build um, off some of the things they saw in that performance uh, when they likely will meet again this weekend, or if not, at some point uh, coming up in the next couple weeks. Uh, also at the varsity level, there were two tournaments going on, and I said, obviously, we were at the Pattonville Invitational. Um, which was hosted, obviously, at Pattonville, a beautiful all-deep facility, uh, which was pretty exciting. As far as teams go, um, I know Parkway West ended up matching up with Ledoux in the final game. Uh, we lost 5-3. Good battle. I think um, our boys were a little bit happier with the turnout uh, compared to the last time we uh, matched up with Ledoux. Super impressed with Ledoux's, and I, off the top of my head, I don't know his name, number six. Felt like he probably scored three or four of their goals, and his name eludes me right now, but... You know who you are, so you know great game. Uh, as far as that team that we had not seen, um, that I know hasn't played as many games as everybody else was MICDS, and they were there, and they're always fun to watch. Uh, super fundamentally sound. I went over to talk to Coach Casey afterwards, and uh, super impressed with their press and their help defense and the way they ran their offense. And you know his kids just they they do they do the little things right. Um, other than that, uh, Parkway North was there. Uh, Pattonville obviously was there, Lafayette was there, Marquette was there. Um, so all in all, a great tournament and an eight-lane all-deep pool, so it was pretty exciting to see. Or the JBS Invitational. Ray, you want to touch on that? Because I haven't really heard too much. Yeah, the no scores yet are posted for that. Um, early on in that tournament, uh, Parkway South had a couple of strong, strong uh, finishes. No, we haven't seen the results from that one yet, but we'll uh, look for that uh, as they come out for our podcast next week. Um, also, this last weekend was the uh, Lindbergh JV invite. A couple of the stronger JV programs were over there. Uh, the Ledoux JV invite's coming up this week, uh, so we'll get to see some more JV games. But um, in the Lindbergh uh, tournament, uh, Ledoux went 4-0, had a couple strong games. They beat Parkway West 12-6. 
They beat uh, Lindbergh 11 to 6. So those were three of the top teams in that tournament. Looks like Ledoux came out on top going 4 0 for the weekend. All right. And number six, I just looked you up on STL today, Alex Benduski. So uh, great job, man. I uh, just wanted to, you know, we like to give props to kids when we think they play well. So uh, that was awesome. Um, anyhow, so those were the tournaments that we are, I guess that's past Polo. So now we need to go to the, this week ahead as we roll into the pre district district tournament, as some might like to call it, Lindbergh. But I know there's a couple of matchups you wanted to touch on before that tournament, right? Right. So uh, starting on Monday, uh, SLU is going to take on Parkway West, Coach. Uh, so that, so. That, that is, I've determined, as I mentioned to you earlier, Ray, I think that is, SLU should tweet that as their tradition, to play Parkway West on their annual alumni <laughs> senior night. Uh, so I feel like that has been something that I don't know why, but we never play them early in the season. It always seems, seems to be like the last game, and it tends to be, I, I feel like I've been part of many SLU senior nights in the past seven or eight years right so uh once again uh it'll be slew's last home game of the season but excited to see that uh slew as we said is ranked number one but uh parkway west definitely up there right now ranked number three in the polls right well, um, you're not gonna be will you be there uh, i think there's a chance i might oh, go that wow. one. <laughs> yeah wow. I, I don't actually have to work uh for that one tomorrow right. so well, hey, uh, text, yeah. me, text me from the crowd if you notice anything i need to be doing better all right <laughs> I, I can do that, Coach, but I, I feel like you probably won't be checking your phone during that game. <laughs> it depends. <laughs> Maybe I'll just yell it out from the stands if I see All anything. Right. Right. Uh, but uh, regardless, I, I think that'll be um, an interesting matchup. First time both those teams meet up this year. Um, and both, uh, as we've talked about, Parkway West, uh, as, as we know, is going to be jockeying up there in the, in the last couple weeks here. So uh, definitely we'll be curious in that outcome. And then Tuesday... Uh, DeSmet will take on Lindbergh at Lindbergh. Previously, uh, DeSmet beat Lindbergh eight to four at the DeSmet invite. But once again, I know Lindbergh, uh, is going to be looking in the week five poll. Lindbergh was ranked fourth. DeSmet was ranked fifth. Those teams are both jockeying for position and, uh, we'll be excited to see how that turns out. And then the three tournaments that we have going on this weekend, the, uh, Ledoux, Ledoux JV invite, uh, will be the last, uh, JV games before the, tournament and then the summit invite this weekend and then also the Lindbergh invite so um, at the Lindbergh invite the top four teams will definitely be there actually the top six teams at least from the last week will be there definitely will be good indication for Sunday morning when all the coaches meet up to see how the various teams rank and it'll be exciting also to have St. Pat's from Chicago um, down they came down last year um, and then uh, this year, based because uh, of a team dropping out, SLU will actually have two teams, so there will be a SLU B playing as well. Any, anything you're looking forward to with that tournament, Coach? I know you. It's, it's a good setup or segue into the district tournament. Um, generally, you got some teams that are you know fighting for that kind of last placement. Obviously, we know the seed meeting is Sunday morning of that weekend, so a lot of what happens on that Friday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday 
can determine how people are going to vote on that Sunday morning. So I know we're in pool play. We match up, I think, with Lindbergh on Friday night at 5.30, I think. Um, 5.50. Really, 5.50. Really excited yep. about that game. It's going to be a good one. Um, and then uh, we'll, we'll go from there. Obviously, we play Kirkwood the next morning. Uh, games that are important and obviously have a lot of meaning. Um, and that's why I always I always like that. Unfortunately, I, you know, Lindbergh is the same weekend as our prom on Saturday night. But, you know, we talk every year and the boys are, you know, they, they want to play in it because they know it's a good it's a good way to prepare for the for the big dance, which obviously is a week after that. So I'm pumped. So, folks, we appreciate you listening. Uh, we've got our guest, Nicholas Helwig. Uh, he started the Spin Lab blog that we will retweet at some point in time. Coaches in Ohio Water Polo, Sycamore High School, they came down for the DeSmet invite. Uh, Coach Club at Moose Water Polo for a while in Ohio, and then has since moved to the Marlins Water Polo Club. Uh, we got a lot of good stuff to talk about. I'm pretty excited. We hope you enjoy that. Hang tight and give it a listen. All right, folks, and here we are uh, with a special guest, uh, Nearside Low Podcast. We'd like to branch out, as most of you know. So we went a little north to Ohio, uh, but he does have some St. Louis roots, and so our guest for this week is uh, Coach Nick Helwig. Uh, And uh, Coach, as we always like to do with most of our uh, guests, uh, if you would mind, mind telling us a little bit about yourself, who you are, and uh, where you learned to play polo and what you're up to now, and then we'll dive into some questions we've got for you. Sure. Well, it's uh, it's great to be with you guys. I've listened to you guys since, you know, coming down to St. Louis. I watched all, listened to all five of them on the trip, which was a lot more fun than watching the cars pass by. So uh, <laughs> Road I, uh, I grew up in St. Louis, and I played uh, high school water polo at SLU. Uh, under Coach Bodnistel and Coach Busenhart, and uh, played Daisy and Jungle Cats. Actually, I still have my original Jungle Cat shirt, and I brought it to the Desmet tournament. Uh, Took a photo Water. of that, didn't you? Post that on Twitter. Yeah, I sent yeah. that out. Yeah, that was ninety. Was that ninety? I'm trying to think. We've got. Is it ninety eight? Right? Is that when we? Yeah, ninety eight. Yeah. Ninety eight was when it was started. All right. Yeah, so that that's a very old shirt, and somehow it survived everything else. Uh, and then I moved out to Ohio to play at the University of Dayton. Uh, we went to nationals my freshman year, and I played. Ended up being the the player coach my senior year, and then I moved down to Cincinnati. And then on my first day of the, my teaching job, uh, I asked who the uh, water polo coach was, and they said they didn't have one, so I stepped into the head coaching role uh, in 2008 and at Sycamore High School. And then so have, did they did they have a team? They did. They've had a team since 1970. Oh wow! All right. So, so at least 71, 70, something like that. So, so then, been who was running? Who was running the team at the time? Was it somebody had just retired, or you? The, uh, prior to me, there was a rotation of about five different coaches that had gone through about five different years. So they didn't have anybody, you know, set for a long time. And then, uh, so then in 2009, uh, kind of started a little camp called Moose Water Polo, and uh, started with another uh, coach out here in. Uh, Cincinnati, uh, Paul Split, he's actually one of the – he still runs Moose, uh, and he's actually one of the zone coaches for the Great Lakes zone team. Um, and then uh, this past year, I uh, took over the Marlins Water Polo Club, which was actually started back in the 1970s, fell away for a while, and then uh, got restarted uh, about two or three years ago. Okay, cool. Uh, well, so I, I... – we recently saw you. Uh, I guess it was two weekends ago. You came down for the Desmet invite. 
Uh, and I think that's the first time that I, I know last year we had an Ohio team come down. And then obviously this year you guys came down. I loved your quote right before we were getting ready to, we, we were kind of talking before we played each other. And you said, you know, this is great. There's absolutely zero stress for me this week. And I, there's, there's no pressure for me to win. Uh, and a lot of the parents and stuff, uh, in St. Louis might not understand that obviously your water polo season is a little bit different. So, uh, tell us about your, um, the group that you brought down to this med invite and what, what were your thoughts on the tournament as a whole? Are you hoping to come back next year? Uh, absolutely. It, it was a lot of fun tournament. I was, uh, actually got a good chance to talk to coach Bondistel and I, and I think I even told you, Charlie, uh, the last time I had stepped foot on the St. Uh, the Recplex, uh, deck was actually my senior year, uh, in our state championship game. And who, so who won kind that? Of fun, well, kind of fun to be back on the, on the pool deck. Who, who uh, did you guys play? Was that a, a SLU MICDS final? Uh, SLU. It probably was a SLU MICDS final would be my was, thought. Is but SLU or, or one of the Parkway? I can't remember exactly which. I, I can remember. It, it could have been game. Parkway South. They were pretty good back in the day, I hear. I think it might have been, <laughs> it might have been the South one. I can't remember. And that's bad that I remember the game. I remember everything about it, but I don't remember who we play. It's all <laughs> I'll right. look back at that one. Um, but, yeah, so – I've actually been trying to get into this tournament for a while just to come back and play some of the the high school teams that, you know, I competed against and, you know, compete against Coach Baud. Um, and last year was the first year that we were able to come back, but we couldn't get a team. And I know I think St. X came down and ended up being a, a huge, huge game versus those two. I think that was a tournament, or maybe they were in the Lindbergh one. Um, but I it, know was they... a, it, it was a Lindbergh, but it was an exciting game. It was high-level water polo. It was fun to watch. Yeah, they're – they are a fast team. They are a good team. And that was a, an extremely talented team that came in. I think that's a team that also went to California a couple times. Uh, but, yeah, we're a fall season, so we are done. Uh, we actually are just starting up our club season the past couple weeks. Um, so I took, you know, anyone that was not playing a spring sport, about a third of my team plays lacrosse, some volleyball, some baseball. Um, so whoever, whoever could come was able to go. And we had about uh, 10 kids that could come. And then when I saw that uh, Slap had pulled out, I – talked to, to Miguel and said, hey, if you guys got players that want to play, we, we could take subs, we, we, we could use the help. Right. Uh, and actually, Alex was able to jump in with us, and he was fantastic. And, uh, and it was actually a nice little spy for us, because he could tell us about all the different players <laughs> in the city. So uh, it worked out really well. I know the kids had fun. Uh, it was, it was like I said, relaxing, because, you know, I didn't have to worry about if we win or lose. But, I mean, it was... It was a ton of fun. I, I really want to come back next year. So was it a lot? I mean, I, was it a lot of red tape to be able to go down, or is it? I not mean, is it really. something you could see yourselves doing year in and year out as long as there's a as tournament you to the, play? In? Yeah, as long as we have the players to play. Um, you know, the the eighties at, at my high school is fantastic. He's always about you know promoting our sports and whatever we can do to help ourselves grow. And because we're not state sanctioned, we're technically club, so we can really play year round if we wanted to. I I try to run by the state you know, what the other sports have to do, but we, we are kind of have a little more leeway than other sports do. So, so talk a little bit about uh, what you noticed at the Dismet invite. It's always nice having an outside perspective. What, what was your initial impressions of some of the teams that, that you guys competed against and that you watched while you were here? I mean, it, it was, it's what I've been coaching against or telling my kids that here's what you need to be doing. The, the hard press, the, the, uh, the intense press and the movement, uh, you know, Charlie, your team just, even every time there's a chance, there's two or three guys moving. And it's something I tell my kids all the time. And now they can finally see what I was talking about. And so that, you know, every game was competitive. Uh, you know, we were, you know, we, we jumped up three goals against 
uh, West, and then you know, next thing I know is we're tied again. And so it was that was a lot of fun, just the back and forth, and just the stuff that I stressed to my kids, and and the players like that, they actually got to see in action for once. Because Ohio, it's not as hard pressed. The referees were you know great compared to what I'm used to because a lot of it is a lot more softer play in Ohio, whereas they let you know I don't know if that's typical in Missouri, but they let the the players play. It wasn't just a, a ticky tack foul here and there. Right. So uh, let's. I mean, you keep mentioning Ohio, uh, and I didn't know. I mean, you mentioned uh, Sycamore had water polo for a really ridiculously long amount of time, and I guess I've always had the vibe that Ohio water polo was kind of new. And part of it was because I know, you know, I remember when Moose kind of started and seeing you at some of the JO qualifiers, and it's it felt like there was some energy up there. So what is the what is the Ohio water polo? High school, how many teams are there? Like, what kind of clubs are we talking about? Just give us kind of a general overview. Sure. So, uh, on the boys' side, there's 15 teams, uh, you know, give or take uh, one or two every year. We get some smaller schools that'll, you know, form a team for a year or two, and then they're unable to sustain it, and they drop off, and then someone will kick back up again. Um, and so there's about 15 teams spread over the entire state. There are five in Cincinnati. There are five to six uh, up in Columbus, and then there's another um, set of them up in in the northern area as well. Um, and then we actually do have girls water polo here too. So we have like my high school has boys and girls varsity and JV water polo, and there's five teams in the city that do that. Are you guys uh, same? Are are the girls playing right? Like are they same season or same season? Yeah. Okay. So uh, you know where it's it's a competition kind of for pool time, but at the same time. It does allow some coaches to coach both boys and girls, allow school to use, you know, double dip on transportation. Right. Uh, and it goes, you know, makes that easier on that, on that aspect. Um, and then how about, so we did, how about club? I know, I know of Moose. We obviously just touched on Marlins a while back. Are those the two predominant clubs up there? Are there any more? Or? In Cincinnati, yeah, those are the, the two big ones. Uh, there's a couple smaller ones. <laughs> Um, there's one starting up this summer called uh, Cincy Summer Polo. Uh, it'll be a new team this this summer. Um, they're dedicated to only playing outdoors, which is mm-hmm. awesome. Um, and then there's another group called Queen City, uh, and they are uh, primarily like uh, new players on, on, on towards the the west side of town. And they uh, a lot of it's like sixth, seventh, eighth grade, and then some ninth grade and tenth grade in there. Um, but then you've got a big uh, club up in Columbus, Columbus Water Polo. Um, you know they're they're very strong. They're a combination of a lot of the players up up in Columbus. Uh, there's one in Napoleon, which is up towards Bowling Green. That's uh, Black Swamp, and then Toledo's got one called Glass City. So there's about four or so five club teams uh, that operate. You know in the uh, spring and, uh, in the summer. So talk talk a little bit about growing the sport um, in Ohio. I know. Sounds like you guys have similar similar goals like we do in Missouri. I mean, obviously we're we're concentrated around St. Louis, trying to get things out toward Kansas City. Um, sounds like in Ohio, you guys have pretty strong programs in Cincinnati, um, a little bit in Columbus. I know Maura Dickinson up there as well, but um, potentially like growing toward Cleveland and some other places in in the state. Yeah, uh, there used to be a lot more water polo in Ohio. Uh, Cleveland actually had some big teams up there. They were spread all out, and then a lot of it started to fall off when the state didn't sanction it. A lot of high schools pulled their their team uh, when that happened. Um, and so it's kind of gone through waves. 
there was a there's a big club team back in the mid 90s called River City. Uh, it's coached by actually the head referee in Ohio now, Chad Packer. He does actually a lot of USA games. So get you probably see him around. Um, but then you know when when that kind of fell off, there was nothing for a while, and then it kind of restarted with with Moose in 2008, and then expanded to the Marlins. And so it kind of goes in waves, and it really depends on you know coaches. That's the hard part actually is getting coaches consistent coaches because it takes a lot of time you get you know people with families and they just they don't have the time to put in you know the weekends and, and all the time that it takes to play and coach so one other thing that from the outside it seems like you guys deal with a lot is um somewhat of the battle between swimming and water polo as well i, I know uh, even on twitter i follow like pat 40 who is a big saint x guy and is always talking about their swimming program so mm-hmm. um, talk a little bit about how um, swimming and water polo coexist, um, and they're the dynamic that you guys deal with in Ohio with them. So in Ohio, when I first started coaching, uh, swimming and water polo were extremely competitive for pool time, for swimmers, uh, and so you'd get this animosity between different coaches. Uh, I've really kind of seen that change in uh, the past couple of years, as especially with the Marlins. Marlins are a dominant swimming program, um, and to have that team be able to, you know, be able to branch out and, and, and accept a water polo group in their fold is is kind of just telling that there might be some changes on the way. It'll be slow because uh, swimming in, in, in Ohio is just a dominant force. Uh, and so that's always kind of hard to kind of go against. Is there anything you guys have, have done in the past couple of years that you think is helps uh, bridge that potential gap between swimming and water polo? Um, I know, actually, this past year up in Toledo, they just ran like an aquatics camp where it was swimming and uh, water polo and any kind of you know aquatic sport they did. And I think that really kind of got the mindset that it can be kind of all the above. Um, the Jose Cerda Aquatic Foundation down here has really promoted both swimming and water polo. And they've kind of helped bridge the gap to show that, you know, great things can happen with both water polo and swimming groups. Um, and so I think that's been been a big help. Uh, and just, you know, the coaches reaching out and talk with them saying, hey, you know, we're not trying to steal your players or we're not trying to steal your, your best swimmers or whatever. We're, you know, we're trying to work with you because swimming is a big part of our sport. And so it's it's trying to show them that we're here to work with them, not compete against them. Right. And is, is that been at all ages? Has that been like high schoolers? Has that been middle schoolers? What 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 demographic have you guys been really trying to focus on? Uh, for a long time, it had just been the high schoolers trying to get them going. And now we can start we start seeing a lot of different club programs start to add in the, the junior high kids and the even the elementary. I ran a, a club this past winter for uh, third through sixth graders and we had almost. Uh, 70 kids wow. participate in that. That's great. You know, once a week type of thing. So um, there's really, you know, now we can start to see the push towards younger kids and kind of blending both the swimming and the water polo aspect. You mentioned, uh, was it Jose Cerda, the Jose Cerda mm-hmm. Foundation? Yes. And that is yes. uh, kind of transitioning. That's the name of the Cincinnati Summer Shootout Tournament. It's kind of named after him, yes? Correct. So tell us yes. a little about who that is and what the foundation's about, and obviously, you know, give us some. I know you just recently sent an email out about the Cincy Shootout um, dates and and what it's about. So if you want to touch on that, that'd be great. Sure. Jose was uh, a former player of mine. He played at Sycamore High School with me, and then 
He also played on the Moose program. Um, and then in October um, of his senior year, he ended up passing away from a heart condition actually during a swim practice. Mm. Um, and he, you know, rushed to the hospital and they weren't able to save him. And his, his mom really, you know, took that to heart to try to, you know, keep his memory alive through sponsoring, you know, water pole events and, and, and swimming events. And so she had kind of reached out to me um, to see if we could kind of create that tournament in his memory. Um, and so each year she's been a big, you know, advocate of this, this tournament and we've been kind of trying to make it bigger and better each year. And so, so the whole tournament is named after him. Uh, they do kind of fundraising throughout the whole year to sponsor water polo across the state. And it's fantastic. Um, you know, they sponsor tournament balls or they, they, they give the balls for the state championship. They, you know, they run a swim clinic. They're running uh, a water polo clinic in the, in the summer. And so the tournament's just an idea to keep his memory alive. Um, and it started out just, I think, eight or six teams. It was pretty small our first year. And it's gotten to the point where right now we've got, you know, last year had eight 16 and unders and, and 12 18 under teams. I mean, and we are, that's like at capacity. I think we can maybe fit in two more 16 unders this year. But we go from the, the time that the pool's open until uh, Sunday when, they, when they've got things booked. And so we are at capacity. And so we keep trying to find other ways to make it better. Last year, we added a, a meet and greet for college coaches. From uh, We had some Division two, Division three teams and, and, and big club. Actually, Linwood was a big club that was out here in OSU. And so each year, we're trying to make that aspect better of it. So the kids you know, that are coming out have just one more reason that they want to come and they can see the city and, and enjoy everything. Well, I know we... we uh... You know, I don't think Ray or I went up last year, but I know we sent a 16s and I think an 18s, and they they enjoyed it. I actually watched. Uh, you had something like CCIN, like a kind of a cable TV channel that was you know live broadcasting some of the games, which I thought was really professionally done, and they did a good job. So that was fun. Uh, and so, how many years has yeah. that been going on? Uh, this will be the eighth year, I okay. believe, uh, for the tournament. And so we, you know, we started, we tested out that first right. year, and then after that, you know, originally it was outside. You know, everybody loves playing outside until they realize that Ohio weather is exactly like huh. Missouri weather, uh, yeah. where it can be, you know, a thousand degrees or we could have thunderstorms that pop up every five minutes. Uh, I think uh, Coach uh, John Panilla got caught in an almost tornado situation on the way up to the tournament last year. Um, last year, luckily, we were indoor, so we got to keep playing. Whereas in the past, we've had to move from the outdoor pool to a six lane shallow deep pool, and that's not fun for anybody. When you're when you're playing all deep eight lanes right before that, yeah, and I as, as Coach said, I know Jungle Cats did a great time up there last summer, and I know uh, Slap and Mad Dog have been up there as well from the St. Louis area. So um, always always a great tournament from uh, from the experiences that I've heard. It's great to hear that um, you guys are planning it again uh, this summer. Uh, could you talk a little bit about some of the other stuff that's going on up there? In June and July, I've seen a couple couple things on Twitter about other things you guys are going to be doing. Yeah, so uh, this spring in June, uh, actually, we actually just had a camp. Uh, the five meter camp took place in April with Janai Kerr, and that is a lot of fun to to be a part of. He is a fantastic coach, and I mean, crazy, crazy in shape. You know, just doing. Uh, he's in the pool for the entire camp with these kids, demonstrating, doing things, moving, and he, you know, got to got to hang out with him a little bit before and after the camp uh, each night and, and just some of the stories and, you know, the connections that he's, he's got and just the stories he tells. And it's, you know, like his friends are these college people or these Olympians that you kind of look up to and like, Oh yeah, I just hung out with them for burgers the other night. 
Um, that's like his lifestyle, so it's kind of fun to kind of peek in what that's going on. And then in June, Tom Ray's coming up. We're holding our first goalie camp where it's dedicated to just goalies. You know, I know as a coach, that's my weak point is is coaching goalies. Uh, just because I wasn't a goalie, so coach, it's you know, a, kind of not. It's a lays off fair attitude. That's what I do with goalies. Hands off. Let them. Yeah. Goalies <laughs> go over there and do your thing. So thank God, Tom. Thank right. God, Tom Ray exists. That's all I gotta say. Oh, I know. As soon as I started talking to them, like this is gonna be fantastic. And so he set up a, a three day camp for them. Uh, that's in June, and we've already got uh, you know ten goalies coming to that. And then in July, uh, Tony Azevedo is coming in uh, for a camp. Uh, that the Jose Acerta Aquatic Foundation is is putting on, uh, and so there's just a lot of water pull that's going to be happening in the city, which is was fantastic. So we wrap this up. Any any parting words about just water polo in Ohio, or your your vision of uh, water polo moving forward in the Midwest, and uh, yeah, generally in the zone. Uh, just keep growing it. I know that's our big push here in Ohio. It's a big push in Missouri. Just finding ways to compete. With Illinois, Missouri, Michigan, Tennessee's not got it. So, it's, you know, the more we can push it, the more turns you can get these kids to, the more fun they're going to have and the more they want to play. We appreciate you coming on. Uh, this is Charlie. This is Ray. And this was Nick Elwig. And that was the Nearside Low Podcast. Thanks, everybody.